Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. into another Saturday. Elton John gets me going week in, week out. Hello, everybody. It. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong, broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club through 1575 Illawarra Track, 1170 in Sydney for the first hour and on the SEN app. That's the way to go. Crystal clear all day. I'm Matt Russell from Fox Sports, joined by Illawarra Hawks championship great and a very busy president of basketball at the moment. Matt Campbell, good morning to you on another glorious Wollongong morning. Good morning, Matty. Yes, you absolutely love Elton John. The love, way that you I get into that the start Saturday of the show. is all right. It is all right. It's all right for lots Fantastic. of things. And we're going to start by banging the gong because we didn't get to last week. Thank you. Something good about the gong. You know, I took my son for a walk up in the National Park just north of Wollongong. And as we were walking back to the car late in the evening, very still afternoon, we heard these strange sounds. So we walked to the cliff edge, looked down, and we would have seen 10 to 15 whales spread out over the uh, Wollongong Ocean, as we like to call it. unreal. Blowing the water out of their spout, talking with each other. We could hear those strange noises. I felt like I was in a David Attenborough movie. (laughs) And here I was standing just north of Wollongong, uh, and I could see that, you know, harpooning has long stopped because mm. they're coming back in numbers. A magical moment. Maddie, give me your bang the gong. Well, I've actually got two. I've got one for oh. the gong, and then I've got one again. So One my, for the gong. The first one for the gong was the SEN um, night here at the Wollongong Golf Club for State of Origin. Jimmy Smith calling the play with Timmy, Manor, Moses, and by fantastic night. Well, it was fantastic to see those guys live too. Just to, the ability to be able to call the game on the fly, on the off the TV, and the insight into the game was fantastic. Shame about the result. After it was a great first, night for three minutes, <laughs> wasn't right. it? The, the crowd was into it for the first little part. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so that was fantastic. My second bang the gong... Dave, yes, is the Barmy Army. I mean, oh my goodness. Have you seen a better crowd in your life? I was enthralled with that unbelievable When you at the Dragons last night? What about that crowd? (laughs) Wow, was there anybody there? Uh, Just the way that they got into it, singing Barmy Army for 10 minutes straight, Mm. um, and the way it came through the TV uh, made me want to watch it and continue to watch that game. Stuart Pike, who's a darts commentator and a rugby league commentator in the UK, was out here last year calling the darts and coming to me to numerous rugby rugby league games, he said, why don't the crowd sing more? Why don't you launch into uh, more atmosphere from the grandstand? I said, Stu, we just don't do that. But mm. maybe we should. Yeah, maybe. maybe we should start singing. Maybe we, it's got to start at uh, Start at the level. Hawks game. Start at the Illawarra <laughs> Hawks when the season gets up and going. We're here thanks to the Wollongong Golf Club. Wollongong City Motors.
Just visit them for a test drive today. Impact Garage Doors, impacting Illawarra Homes for 20 years. I've certainly impacted Matt Campbell's uh, mansion nearby. It looks fantastic, the Impact Garage Door. And, of course, the Illawarra Mercury. Speaking of which, we need to bring in their leading sports writer, Mitch Jennings. Jenno, good morning to you. Good morning, lads. Good morning, good morning. I thought you were going to wrap the... uh Bang the gong on the sky this time, Matty. Just see if we can get all the elements that you like to throw together. <laughs> bang the there gong on the ocean. Bang it on the, well, the great it is, land mass. It is crystal clear. I've banged the gong on the beach, the ocean, the sky, the golf course. Yeah, you're right. I, I do have an environmental theme because it's such a beautiful place. Hey, Mitch, before we uh, discuss last night, let's set the scene on the field. Here's one of the big moments, one of many from the Warriors against the Dragons. Johnson. Weave subtle. Here he comes. Here he comes. He's got four. And this time he just strolls over. He's got the radar on now. Full time at Wing Stadium. Warriors 48. St. George Illawarra 18. Okay, let's tick off the Warriors real quickly without touching on any dragon. Matt Campbell, the Warriors. What do you think about them? Are they headed towards the top four? Can they be a top well, four team? Well, they're actually in the top four now. So, I, look, I've been singing their praise all year. I've, I, I expected them to be good after preseason. I didn't think they'd be this good. Their, their attention to detail, their discipline on the line, and um, just look like they're having fun. That, that's a great point. They are having fun under Andrew Webster. Geno, again, just purely on the Warriors, they have a series of player having career best seasons, their goal line defence, their defence as a whole, outstanding. Give us your quick take on the New Zealanders. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd have been staggered, Matty, if you'd say they'd be you know, a top four contender at the start of the year under a new coach and obviously everything else, the Warriors have been so inconsistent and, and fairly disappointing over, over recent years. Obviously they've, they've had their fair share of excuses most recently having been away from home and everything else but uh, look they're certainly probably one of those teams in contention to fill a bit of a, a void in that top four probably some teams you know the Roosters the Eels teams like that have probably underperformed this year and slipped back from that field so it's, it's wide open for I guess a new top four contender to go in and yeah the Warriors look like they're, uh, they're set on being that When it came to the game last night, of course, so much attention on one player for St. George Illawarra. Ben Hunt, their back-to-back Dragons medalist, as best and fairest, obviously. Their captain uh, wants out of the famous club. In fact, one fan last night took a banner. Ben, I know, a good removalist. And that sort of summed up the fairly good-natured response from the Dragons fans last night. We didn't hear any booing as he arrived at the ground very early and and then warmed up as he took to the field, as he kicked during the game. Generally, the crowd was there to, they hope, support and cheer for the Dragons. Unfortunately, the Red V didn't give them much opportunity to do that. So, after the game, Ben Hunt continued to meet all his obligations as he done has done since this story broke and he fronted the media conference as Dragons captain and here's what he had to say. Obviously, big night for Jack DeBellin. He could have come in here to this media conference. Why did you want to come in here? What, is there a message you want to tell fans or anything you want to say? I'm still the captain of the team, mate, and I'll always show up for my role until that's changed, so I'll keep coming. How keen are you to, to bring it to a head, to work out one way or another and tell Dragons fans exactly what's happening? Yeah, I'm keen to get it sorted out. Um, have a meeting with the club this week and we'll get to the end of it. Ben, is there a chance this is your last game for the Dragons? Oh, I honestly don't know, mate. 
like I said, I have a meeting with the club this week sometime. Yes, that will come on Monday. We'll see what unfolds there. It could well be his last game with the Red V. Matt Campbell, I'll come to you. You are a former professional athlete. Um, I know that many, many people will be highly critical of Ben Hunt and the stance he's taking. He's contracted to the Dragons on a rich deal. He wants out. He doesn't want to meet his obligations, and you can acknowledge that some fans are distressed by that. However, since he made this announcement last Saturday that he's asked for an immediate release... He has manned up about it. He's fronted everything and everyone who's gone to him, including texting journalists on Sunday who wanted to confirm the story. He told the Dragons, I will play, I will captain, I will go to the media conference. He has ticked every box. He's been a man about the decision. You can criticise that, but maybe not the way he has handled it since. What about you? What do you say to that? Yeah, look, uh, yeah, look, he certainly owned his decision to want out. Um, do I support him in any way for making that decision? No. Like, you're a professional athlete. You sign that large check, or you get the large check in your pocket to play football. Uh, you made a commitment to the team. Now, if you want out, yeah, tell tell management behind closed doors and at the end of the season, allow for them to plan for it to happen. Don't come out now. Put it halfway through the season. Leave everybody in the lurch. Like, so you if, are you the captain. A, if you sign a dud import at the Hawks, are you going to keep him regardless? If no, he's dud, no. you're going to punt him. That's right. So how's it any different here? Well, it's but but it's not. You sign the contract, right? So yeah. you're a player. You're you're the one that's going to Yeah, and yes, we do sign players that we have to move on as management, no doubt. But at the end of the day, he knew what he was signing up for. Mm. Um, he's put in their place, and he's on a large amount of money. So the end of the day, suck it up for a small amount of time. At the end of the season, fulfill your commitments as a, as a football player throughout the year. You're captain of the team. And we talk about culture. Everyone's banging on about culture. Culture starts with the leadership group from the team point of view, right? It doesn't always get pushed down from management and coaches and all those bits and pieces. Uh, I mean, how, how did you think they were going to go last night? I mean, it was a no-brainer. As soon as that came out during the week, there was absolutely no chance the Dragons team had uh, of winning that game. So, yeah, well, when they led after 20 minutes, I'll go to Geno last night. What did you think the Dragons were going to do last night? And what did you think after that 80 minutes performance, Mitch? Well, it was, it was pretty ordinary, Matty. It really wasn't. And I mean, obviously, I was like everybody else. All eyes were on, were on Benny and this performance he would he would produce. And three runs for 24 metres in, in 80 minutes, um, backing up after only 20, 28 minutes or whatever it was for Queensland on Wednesday. It was a, it was a highly, highly disappointing performance. And I guess, you know, I actually put that to Ryan Carr in the lead-up. Ryan Carr spoken a lot about, you know, we've got a group here that's, you know, going to play for the jersey and the club and everything else and he sort of reiterated that that uh, that ethos prior to this game and, and I asked him I put it to him and said well I appreciate all that Kari but how how do you maintain that message to your playing group when you know your captain your leader your halfback uh, has made it very very clear that uh, that he wants out and he wants out immediately and uh, he certainly played that way uh, last night in, in the way he went about it and I, I agree with you Matty and, and we were both in that press conference he looked the broken man and We've both seen Maddie in our time, you know, of players under a lot less pressure, uh, not front up the way that he has. So he, he deserves a lot of respect for that. And he's always had that. He's always been like that all the way through. He's obviously had a huge amount of scrutiny over this since he signed that six and a half million dollar deal. Uh, there's been a lot of scrutiny, a lot of pressure, and he's always, always fronted up. He's never knocked back an interview request. It's quite remarkable. I've always said along the way that he that he never has sort of gone down that path, but. At the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm with Matty. If there was a time for this to happen or if there was a time to part ways, 
amicably. Uh, it was at the last year when that negotiation began about you know coming to the end of that six-year deal and whether he wanted to extend. And I, I think if he'd said, or the club had said, look, it's time. This hasn't worked out the way we would have liked, but you know, thanks for the for the time, and we're gonna we're gonna move on amicably. I think not many people would have had too much of a of a problem with that. But uh, I was one of the people at the time suggesting that it was probably time. Um, to part ways, or at the very least, not panic at this ridiculous November 1 rule, year in advance rule that we have. Perhaps not panic. Let him come into the season off contract and, and see what happens and work through this process along the way. But they were so keen to lock themselves into that deal. They're now in this position. I, I, there's nothing that's really fundamentally changed. Obviously, Anthony Griffin's not there. But since he signed that deal only in October, I don't think the overall position of the club and where it's headed has changed a great deal that you might not have anticipated. Anthony Griffin was never under contract for 24 and 25, which is obviously the years Ben Hunt extended for. Uh, there was no guarantees he was going to be there. He asked for a guarantee for Anthony Griffin to be there or to hinge his contract on Anthony Griffin being in place. Uh, and they denied that, and he still signed the deal anyway. So as much as I feel for him, I, I didn't like seeing him as cut up as he obviously was last night. I'm, I'm with Matty overall on it. It's it's a position that I think he's ultimately put himself in. I think he does recognise that, and that's why he's willing to sit there and, as we've said, cop the flack and, and the criticism. But, uh, look, it looks like it's headed for a very, very uh, messy divorce, Matty. I, I don't know what Shane Planning and all the club or anyone can say to him on Monday to, to change his mind at where he's at. So I guess it remains to be seen how messy it gets. But, uh, look, it's not going to be fun for, for any of the parties involved, that's for sure. Yeah, messy, messy situation. Maybe the Gold Coast Titans this week showed the Dragons a thing or two. As horrible that, as that is for Justin Holbrook, mm-hmm. it has happened in the blink of an eye and they're already moving on. Matt Campbell, you're the Maddie that Jeno was referring to there in terms of agreeing with. You came here as a young man and made the Illawarra your home. You've been here ever since as a 500-gamer for the Illawarra Hawks. So a professional athlete, now a sports administrator with the NBL club. How would you handle this situation on Monday? Ben Hunt walks in and says, I want out. You can see the 30-point loss that has to be partly attributed to this situation. What do you do at 9.01 on Monday morning? Well, I've got, I've got boxes there ready for it. So, yeah, mate, see you later. So I, you just don't, you can't, you can't keep someone in your culture. You pack that these boxes and yeah, put yeah, on the yeah, removal yeah, mate, truck. See you later, no problem at all. Like, um, you know, unfortunate situation to be in from the club point of view because they did put a lot of effort into Ben. What if your fans are saying, hang on, stand your ground. He's our best player. He's our back-to-back Dragons medalist. You just, you just got to move. You right? got to move. Like, you just can't have somebody within your organisation, especially if you're trying to build a new culture. Like, you've yep. got some young, impressionable players on that team that need leadership, that need stability, and, and this is exactly what they don't need. Now, on the, on the back of this, there probably should have been something in place um, from Ben Hunt's point of view when he asked for Hook to, to have an extension as part of his contract. Mm. There should have been some sort of buyout for Ben to get out. Now, he's on an extreme amount of money. Now, he should have to buy out of the contract, not just get out for free. You know, give some to of the what money extent? back. To what extent? Give some of the money back. How much? I don't know. 50%? Talk percentages? Yeah, yeah, talk percentage. We do this all the time in basketball. We always have these abilities for players to be able to get out from an NBA point of view. Yep. Depending on the level of NBA contract they get, yep. they have to pay a certain amount to do it. Now, allowing for them to up, go up in the in the, in the the part from that point of view. Now, there is players on our team that have requested a 
um, are coaches out. Should a coach be moved on? They have an ability to be able to change their contract up to a certain date. Yes. Now, there's, there's all these little bits in place you can do from a contractual point of view. Do you but, like doing that? Oh, look, it's, it's, it's a good support mechanism. And it's a good way to buy in and build your culture. It's not a bad thing when you do it that way. But I, I just keep coming back to it. You've committed to it. You, you, you know, we're already halfway through. Like, see out the season. Like, do it behind closed doors. Don't make it a public affair and just go, this is where it's going. If you don't support it, like from the Dragons management point of view, then I'll go public to make sure I hit the deadlines. Right, men. Uh, we'll talk origin in the next half hour, but before I let you go in the second half hour, Mitch, we need to touch on this. We'll, we won't look at the game. Let's look forward. Let's assume that after this there's a coaching regime change. Who is the next Blues coach in your mind? Mitch Jennings, I'll throw to you first. Here's the list of contenders. Well, Freddie might stay in your mind. Michael Maguire, Danny Badiris, Trent Barrett, Andrew Johns, Matty Johns, Laurie Daly, Jeff Toovey, Paul McGregor, Phil Gould, Michael Checker, Jacob Jacomas. Who's going to coach <laughs> who's going to coach the Blues next, Mitch? Well, Jacob Jacomas is going to be busy taking the Hawks to the playoffs and eventually a championship, so I can't we can't throw him into that mix. Uh the, before I guess the short list were being made prior to oh sorry, prior to the, the game two defeat. Matty, the, the name that came to me was, was Jeff Tooby. I, I really thought he's a guy, obviously, he's been a coach. He was quite a successful NRL coach. He was, he was probably one of the coaches we see moved on in pretty harsh circumstances. We can't say he doesn't get origin. I mean, the guy, he's quite possibly literally the toughest bloke to have ever pulled on a blue jumper. So he, he get that theme. I think he's someone I think he'd be, he'd be very, very good. It's, it, it's a small window. Uh, he gets it, like I said. It'd be a complete regime change. I think they could do a lot worse than Paul McGregor, Matty as well. I mean, he'd understand Origin as well in those sort of limited window coaching jobs. I think he'd do very well in that in that space as well. But obviously, he's been a part of the current regime, and whether you know New South Wales Rugby League would want a, a complete break, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, before I'd given a whole mountain of thought to it, when it just in the back of my mind, I wonder who they'd go to if, if Freddie was moved on. And, and Jeff Tooby was the name that came to my mind, so I'd probably um, at this point stick with him as, as the choice I'd go with. What about? Um, do we spoke about it? Do we Craig Bellamy? Is, is he able to well, be able to do the, it? The, the, that, the current stance is I left current coaches of club teams off the list because the current consensus and school of thought is you can't coach at club level and do Origin, given the demands that the Origin period places on you for best part of two months yeah, in the right. middle of the season. So uh, at this stage, we're only looking at, at people who aren't coaching at club level. Michael Checker would throw the cat amongst the pigeons, wouldn't it, he? It would, yeah. I mean, completely out of left field, I think, with it. But um, oh, look, I, I don't disagree with Jeno, to be honest. Like, you need someone who's got uh, a bit of respect um, and can bring a little bit of hardness back to it. So, I look, as much as I like, you know, Paul McGregor and Trent Barrett and the Johns brothers, um, I just don't think their style of football um, emulates for, for origin. The, the way that um, the, the Queenslanders have just sort of placed that emphasis on being hard, being culturally sound, I think they're just... I think for us now, I think gone are the days where you're just rocking in there and you're letting the best players just go out and play. They're actually got to be coached. So I think we need a coach who's got to put a bit of pride back into to the Blues jersey. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, TV sounds great to me. It's a great idea. I think if you're looking at something like that, someone that, who's an ex-hard player who's got mm. some runs on the board, um, tough one, though. Like, 
you know, Craig Fitzgibbon would have been perfect. That kind of guy for me, someone who's uh, who's done the hard yards, but obviously currently coaching. What about an all Saturdays in the gong coaching team? Paul McGregor, Trent Barrett, Sean Timmons. That's the future. <laughs> Saturdays in the gong, proudly supporting Mary, Baz and Timo. We're going to break and, Jeno, when we return, we're going to throw a few punches as we talk about Sammy Goodman, a winner last weekend on the Gold Coast. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. The scorecards with a split decision. Here are the score totals. Judge at ringside, Masakusa Murase, scores about 116 to 112. Rais Alim. Judge at ringside, Adam Height scores about 117 to 111 in favor of Sam Goodman. And judge at ringside, Daniel Sandoval scores about 116 to 112 in favor of the winner of this IBF World Title Eliminator, Sam Mamma mia, what a night for Sam Indeed it was, and Mitch Jennings from the Illawarra Mercury was right there. Sammy Goodman from Albion Park, just a few kilometres south of Wollongong. Successful on the Gold Coast. Mitch, how good was that performance, and what opens up now for Sammy Goodman? Oh, Mitch has just ducked away for a moment, so we'll try and get Mitch back on the phone. But it was fantastic for Sammy Goodman last week to have that result on the Gold Coast and line up what he hopes is a big Wollongong fight. And that would excite you and I, Matt Campbell, to have Sammy Goodman bring a fight back to Wollongong at the Entertainment Centre. Oh, they would pack the joint. It would absolutely. be sold out in the blink of an eye. Oh, I, mean, I don't think we need it. Like, it's a different sporting event in the Illawarra. Like, we, we're obviously good in basketball. We're good in rugby league. I think the idea of having Sam fight here in Wollongong is a fantastic idea and you know you've seen it in the past Mundine fought down here we've got great sort of support yep. for that um, I just think it's a, it's a no-brainer and uh, the fact that that was a split decision was, I know. was ridiculous. That was going to be my next question. That is ridiculous. What, what was the first judge thinking? <laughs> we, we scored the fight on the lounge at home, myself and my sons and, and we had it uh, convincingly in favour of Sammy Goodman. So let's go back to Mitch who's, who's still on the line. What was that first judge thinking there, Mitch Jennings? Oh yeah, it was a bizarre Bizarre scorecard, Manny, and what, not just the, the the closeness of the scorecard, but I would have vehemently disagreed. But if you'd found a pass to scoring it for Arlene, there, there was a possible pass there. But if you look at the actual scorecard that that judge finished up with, it, he gave the last two rounds to East Arlene, which is just absurd. Sammy Goodman, I, I thought he won the last six rounds straight, and the last couple quite convincingly, in particular rounds 11 and 12, and somehow the judge that outlying judge gave those rounds to Arlene. So, yeah, an absurd an absurd scorecard. But, uh, look, in the end, I don't think moving forward will be one of those decisions that uh, people really remember as a split decision. And, um, look, I think the right guy, they got the right result in the end and, and the right guy moves on. So, I mean, it's frustrating as a boxing purist that you, you so often see these, these bizarre 
cards also in, in mixed martial arts as well. It's it's, it's strange sometimes, but uh, look, we we move on, and the right man got the nod. Tim Zhu was dynamic again. His knockout, fantastic. So back to back demolition jobs for Tim Zhu, who's tracking Charlo in Las Vegas later on in the season. But Sammy Goodman, Mitch, you were saying to me on Wednesday night that it is a realistic uh, possibility that he'll be fighting for a world title in the Gong, maybe with Nikita Zhu on the undercard. How likely is that to happen, and when? Oh, well, look, they want it to happen by the end of the year. I mean, Nikita Zhu, whether he'd end up on the card, you know, completely remains to be seen. I think they'll want to get the card in Wollongong first. And, uh, you know, but there just are some big names in that no-limit stable. Obviously, that could fight around a Sammy Goodman world title. But, uh, yeah, look, it's it's moved in the aftermath of that fight. It was always probably an option. But, you know, uh, speaking to no-limit CEO George Rose, it's now priority number one, number two, Number three, uh, as far as getting that fight in Wollongong, it's where they want to, want to take it. It becomes a very realistic option just because Marlon Tapale is the, the champion uh, who holds the two belts, including the IBF belt, for which Sammy Goodman's now the mandatory. Uh, he, he won his fight uh, in a bit of an upset over there in the US. He's credit to him. He's, he's produced the performance and he's won the belts, but he's not a guy that has any huge promotional contracts or, or push or anything that would dictate it'd be in America or, or somewhere like that as far as that can often happen when you're in a mandatory position. So as far as getting uh, you know a first bid to, to host that fight, No Limit obviously would be right in that mix. I doubt they'd have too many people competing with them for it. So it becomes a very, very realistic proposition that, uh, yeah, they can get that fight in Wollongong and oh, the, the roof would lift off that joint. And it'd be quite possibly the biggest fight Wollongong's uh, ever hosted as far as it being for a legitimate world title. Um, and some huge, huge fights in that super bantamweight division that could go down the track for Sammy. But this may well be his last opportunity to fight for a world title in Wollongong. So it's what he's wanted all along. He made that pitch pretty public. And now, yeah, promotional stable, no limit, uh, 100% on board in that. So that'd be great. We Imagine if we add Sammy Gooden, world champion, to, of course, Alex Volkanovski, who become, you know, Australia's greatest fighting city. So it'd, be, uh, it'd be fantastic. So, yeah, hopefully fingers and toes and everything crossed that uh, they get that deal done and it happens. Yeah, not just Australia's greatest fighting city, Australia's greatest city, full stop. End of story, right there. <laughs> Mick, uh, Mitch, I know that it was all work, no play up there and that you're not being tracked by Queensland Police. So <laughs> you've been able to join us this morning as a result and work hard for the Illawarra Mercury. Great to chat, mate. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Back a winner and we'll talk soon. Thanks, boys. Time for the news. Then we're back with Tim Barrow. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. fine at all. It is the end of the world as we know it for Blues fans, the men and the women. The Origin Series going to all those wearing maroon. Matt Russell alongside Matt Campbell and now we're joined by a doting dogs devotee who was wearing blue on Wednesday night. Tim Barrow you are feeling blue at the end of all that. How big are the problems for New South Wales? Oh massive. How long have we got? We've only got a two hour show haven't we? Um yeah, look, uh, devastating. We were sitting next to each other at that uh, 
SEN function with uh, the great Jimmy Smith calling the action at the Wollongong Golf Club there on Wednesday. And uh, I just had this feeling like I hadn't had since 1995 where just everything was going wrong um, in a series that, well, we should have been one up to start with. So uh, huge problems. They're going to have to make changes and um, then they're going to have to make a big call on the coach, aren't they? So a lot to think about. Absolutely. We've had our say on who we think could be the coaching contingent or coaching leader going forward. What about you, Baz? I want to throw, and I know you did mention it, but I want to throw Trent Barrett's name into the ring. Now, I know he hasn't had a successful tenure at either Manly or the Bulldogs, but the uh, origin sort of realm is a very different beast in terms of uh, management, uh, organisation of a team. Um, you know, I don't think he had a lot going for him in terms of the situation at Manly and then at the Bulldogs in terms of where the club was at at the time. And I think he's got a lot to offer. He's obviously one of the Blues greats. And I think a, a bit of a, an Illawarra dream team of Barrett and Mary might, uh, you know, might just be able to uh, really take it back to the Queenslanders with some, some fresh thinking. Matt Campbell, someone said to me this week, uh, it would have been interesting had Jack Whiten not retired from the Origin Arena pre-series. Would he have been picked and would he have been the utility on the bench to come on in game one and play centre and maybe stop the Queensland Raids that won it late? He would have been a great option off the bench to play centre when we lost Tom Trebojevic to that peck injury in game two. Could the series have changed if Jack Whiten hadn't called it quits pre-series? Well, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think that's the biggest hole that we saw. Um, and it's, it's very interesting that we're so critical um, looking back at the games. And as, as, as Baz just said, the, the fact was we probably should have won game one. The reality was we were the better team in the first half the other night. Um, and if it wasn't for a couple of controversial tries, we mm. probably would have been a closer game. What the, the biggest issue that I see is the same as what we saw last night with the Dragons, is when the Dragons got up a little bit early, they, their backs were up, they were up, everybody was up. Soon as they had a little bit of controversy, soon as they went behind, the, they just capitulated and fell away. I saw that with the Blues. So once, once that had turned on them, um, I just saw a Blues team that didn't have that grit and fight to be able to get back into it. So uh, that, that for me turns into culture. Now, it, 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 is it as drastic as we're all talking about? I don't think so. I think they played the better, better football game, game one. I think they were better in the first half the other night. So it's a real funny one for me, and I'm looking at it from both angles. I just go, we just don't have that same culture belief that the Queenslanders do, Queenslanders do, whenever they're behind, they always think they're a chance. When the Blues get behind, they just think, oh, it's over. The Queenslanders aren't going to let us back in. The astute eye of former pro athlete Matt Campbell giving his assessment of Origin 1 and 2. Now, Tim Barrow, before we launch into a set of six, your dogs, they've lost three straight. They've dropped eight of their past ten. I know you're reporting live from junior soccer that we can hear going on in the background there. Yet, despite that dreadful record... The dogs let Jake Avarillo go. He's a local junior. He's been one of your best. Can you explain that to me? He has really been outstanding too. I was disappointed this week. I, from everything I've read, the, the talk was that uh, one of either he or Alamotti was going to have to go given the salary cap pressures and Stephen Crichton coming to the Bulldogs next year. Uh, Crichton plays right side, which is Avarillo's side this year. So I can see the sense in it to that point, but I'm just I'm disappointed because Avarillo's a real game breaker in a team that's just struggling to put it together. I I know the pack's short on troops uh, with injuries, and 
um, what's going on there. But, gee, they were absolutely poor against the Sharks last week. They just got turned over in the middle time and time and time again. Um, so, yeah, I'm disappointed that it's Avarillo that's had to make way. Uh, I can see the long game sense in one of them needing to go. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot lot that needs to happen there. And in uh, in a selfish Bulldogs um, support away, I'm a little bit disappointed that Ben Hunt isn't sort of more in the conversation still uh, for the Dogs because, um, you know, obviously it's a difficult situation at the Dragons, but he would be just what they need. Well, Canterbury's in Queensland, isn't it? That would make it eligible for Ben Hunt to join. The weather in Canterbury is beautiful, much warmer than the rest of Sydney, so maybe he does find his way to the <laughs> Queensland city proudly called Canterbury Bankstown. Now, Baz, we're going to launch into a set of six. Six games remaining in round 17, so it ties in beautifully. Get going on Super Saturday with Dolphins against Parramatta. Tim Barrow, which returning origin star has the most fun in this game? The Hammer or Junior Barlow or Mitch Moses for the Eels? Oh, I, I'm going to go Mitch Moses. You know, I thought he played quite well. A couple of things didn't go his way, way on Wednesday, but I think he's one of the few with Payne Haas that can really hold their head up. So I, I think he'll be up for a big game. Yeah, I'm the same. Mitch Moses for me, I thought he was outstanding, to be honest. Uh, I think he's, yeah, on the, on the rise. I like what he does. I reckon Junior Barlow, I think he's going to rumble through the middle of the ground up there at the Sunshine Coast. The first time the Dolphins play at the Sunshine Coast this afternoon should be a cracking uh, day as well. Penrith against Newcastle, the 5.30 game on Fox League. There are no Origin players backing up for Penrith, Tim Barrow. So does that equal no worries against Newcastle? What I'm going to watch for is Dylan Edwards today. Now, I know Tedesco won't be under threat for Game 3, but he should be putting every hand, every foot up to say, I'm ready to go if you're going to pick me because I think he's still a little bit of an underrated player. He could easily fit into that system. Um, So, yeah, I'm expecting a big game there. Dylan Edwards against Kalen Ponga, so it's another fantastic matchup between two number ones. No origin players for Penrith equals no worries, Matty. Yes or no? Yeah, no worries for Penrith. I think they're fine. Um, I just, yeah, just too too good of a team. Melbourne against Manly tonight. Now, with no Tom Trebojevic, he's going to miss the rest of the season. And on a serious note, uh, our thoughts with Tom, it's not easy navigating injury after injury. But which Storm player is going to be turbocharged tonight? Matt Campbell, I'll go to you first. Give me a a storm player that's going to shine at a turbo less manly. Yeah, like I I just, again, a well-oiled machine the storm are. Mm. I think they'll find holes everywhere and it's going to be a whitewash. Well, Tim Barrow, we'll we'll have a little captain's challenge here. Uh, No Munster for Melbourne tonight. Is that because he's MIA, been arrested on a winning streak at the casino in Brisbane or at Eagle Farm today or maybe all of the above? He's with Juno. Oh, I don't know about the arrested part, but I'll tell you what, the rest of it, I wouldn't blame him. Uh, you know, you've got to celebrate those origin wins, and I'd probably be doing the same. But I'll tell you what, with Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant still there, they'll be causing trouble. Challenge successful. Move on. Fourth tackle here. Brisbane against Gold Coast, starting three games on your Sunday ticket. 69 points last time these teams met combined. 69. Good time had by all. Uh, give me a score prediction tomorrow. Brisbane, Gold Coast. Tim Barrow? Uh, I went the Titans. Um, I think it'll be a pretty close contest. Um, it might be the uh, Ben Hunt Cup. Maybe you'll be just watching that game trying to figure out who wants to play for. 
That's good. The Ben Hunt Cup. I like it. Broncos, Titans. Who wins the Ben Hunt Cup, Matty Campbell? Oh, I actually think the Titans as well. I just uh, I what think about, it's pretty funny. What about that's the prize? Whoever wins the game gets Ben. That's that's what you win. Yeah, we'll offload him. Oh, but like where does that. he well play? Done, right? You've got Tanner Boyd and you've got Adam Reynolds. Which which Where does he play? Well, maybe one of those players. Well, not, not Adam Reynolds, but uh, if he goes to Brisbane, could he be hooker? That's what they're being talked. That's what's being talked about. Despite the fact that Kevin's young fella is playing well in the number nine, they might just work out a way to fit him in somewhere. Anyway, that's not the Dragons' concern. They just got to try and work out what they're going to do with the situation. Now, Souths against the Cowboys tomorrow. Um, which hooker are you ready to fall in love with, Tim Barrow? Which hooker are you ready to fall in love with, Reese Robson or Damian Cook, who is a hooker? I'm reliably informed, not a centre. <laughs> They're head to head. The two blues, number number nine, sort of. Would there be any more frustrated, disappointed player in the world than Damien Cook right now? You know, Happy Corasai goes down. Yep, beauty. I've got my chance to get back in Origin, and he spends the game playing in the centres uh, and getting shown up, no less. And that's not really his fault. So, geez, if uh, if he doesn't fire up today, I don't know when you would. Matty Campbell falling in love with hookers. Reese Robson or Damien Cook in this game. Oh, Cook, I'm definitely with him. I, you know, it was a shame. I'm the same. I wanted to watch him in Origin getting around those tired legs, not not trying underneath the high ball and and trying to do little I'm foot passes on, in Origin. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the backup for him. Unfortunately, I think he'll have a bit of scrutiny on him and I think he'll feel down after the performance. Reese Robson might be a bit jaded after playing 80 minutes. And, yeah. yeah, Damien Cook will be out to prove a point. Now, final game of the round, a Sunday evening game on Fox League. Is there a better matchup all weekend? than the two number 13s in this game. Victor, the sin-bend inflictor, Radley, against big, red, hot-haired Corey Horsburgh. What about those two number 13s going at it? They're both guys you don't want to see in the alley, let me tell you. <laughs> Tim Barrow, who's going to be the first into the bin, Radley or Horsburgh tomorrow? Oh, just call it New Year's Eve because the fireworks will be going. Um, I, reckon, I reckon they'll go at the same time and maybe twice. <laughs> maybe. Baz, great to chat. I know you've got a junior soccer commitments there. The warm-up's nearly finished. Time to kick them off. So we'll talk to you again next weekend when you're back here joining us live and exclusively at Wollongong Golf Club. Looking forward to it, boys. See ya. We're back after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Ah, shooting to thrill, which is what my co-host Matt Campbell did over a glorious 17-year career at the Hawks. Now he's president of basketball at the Aurora Hawks. And yesterday, the NBL taking another small step forward. Some would say big step 
Rayan Rupert going number 43 in the NBA draft, continuing what is a long, growing, and more and more impressive list of players to go from NBL through the NBA draft. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Ryan, Rayan um, did well to get in there in the second round. So, yeah, with Lamello Ball, Josh Giddy, Usman Dang, now Rayan. Um, Hugo Besson. <clears throat> well, yeah, Mr. Unknown Hugo. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's showing that it is a genuine pathway opportunity for young players players to get into the NBA um, and it's funny watching the draft yesterday they did not mention the NBL pathway once <laughs> they mentioned how good the NBA was and how the overtime elite which is the new program that the NBA set up is how, how good the G League is which is the second tier NBA competition um, but they said nothing about the NBL's next star program which has produced arguably the best pathway for people to actually make a difference when they hit the floor so you've been talk- the NBA. talking with managers a lot because sure. you're about to announce your final signing, the Illawarra Hawks, this morning, right? That's right. An, an import out of the US. Yep. Uh, so what's it been like dealing with these US agents? How aware are they of Australia and the Australian competition? And are they all like uh, David B. Fork out of fame... F- you know, start them in the movie Air. Yeah, totally. It's, exa- it's exactly the same. I mean, they, they, their job is to make sure that they are aware of all the best opportunities and the best pathway, the best competitions that are going to set up an opportunity to go into into the US to play in the NBA. So we are, especially from the NBA scouts' point of view, on top of the agents, the realisation of our league as a top-tier league, um, not only... Um, for the style that we play, but just for the pr- presence of being able to get someone ready to play right now in the NBA um, has been quite extraordinary. And, yeah, like my, my job right now, being talking to all the US-based agents about trying to get the import players and... Including Nikola Jokic's agent. That's right, yeah. We're talking to the top <laughs> four or five agents in the world um, from an NBA point of view some of the agents have like $200 million worth of clients um, and they're talking to little old me in Australia Come about on. bringing someone out Don't here. Don't yourself so. short. Yeah, but it's like, it's just an interesting... Um, I'm sure the fee they get from signing someone to the Illawarra Hawks is the same as they get for Nikola Jokic, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, sure, totally. <laughs> just a few zeros missing off the end of it. Yeah, and it's an unbelievable um, uh, industry that they're in and they just live it. They answer their calls anytime. They, they basically talk to you like you are the ultimate person. You want to go to Lords, don't you, Maddie? We'll be back to talk some cricket right after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. The airways on 1170 in Sydney are about to be taken over by the Mowers Club, but you can keep listening to Saturdays in the Gong on the SEN app. We're going to have to talk about the cricket, the Ashes, which has been fantastic this week, Matt Campbell, in the second hour. The end of the Australian racing season today, Eagle Farm, the Group 1 Tattlesills Tiara, I'm on Ruthless Dame. I've known a few of them over the years. Out of the Eustace Mars stable, blowing a little bit. Ruthless Dame for Matt Russell. Has Campbell got a Matt's mock? You haven't, have you? No. You haven't I, had enough time no, to look at it for one job. I gave you one job. Seriously. Well, last week you're bolted in, finished third of 13th. So decent, $2.10 the place. I'll give you a pass mark on that. Go back to your form guide, study harder, and in the second hour, we'll tell you who the Illawarra Hawks Il Presidente is backing today. 
with the Punters Club cash. Great to have you with us on Saturdays in the Gong. Still another hour to go. Jump on the app. We look forward to hearing from you after the break. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. I want help played at my funeral. Might bring me back from the dead. I like it so much. Saturday it is indeed. You are listening to Saturdays in the Gong. Matt Russell alongside Matt Campbell. We've got Pete the perfect panel puncher from Putney, the hard-working hero from Hunters Hill here driving the ship as well. Dave Anderson making sure we go to air beautifully and filling me in on all things AFL. Matt Campbell, but uh, Impact Garage Doors deserve a mention. Great supporters of this show. Fantastic to see the team during the week. They were here for our Origin celebration on Wednesday night. What a great bunch of blokes. Yeah, great guys. Um, good local company that supports all the Illawarras go into South Sydney as well and all the way down the South Coast. So, yeah, it was good to see them. We're, we're here at Wollongong Golf Club and you can hear it in the background, people ready to tee off. It's going to be interesting. I just saw a guy run pretty much from the car park, <laughs> racing. He's just about to tee off. I guarantee that's going to be a shank. There's nothing worse than playing golf when you're flustered. Mm. Like coming in flustered, you need to get here and, and just like get in the right frame of mind to be able to play golf. So when you were playing basketball, if you arrived to the venue late or it had a bad day on the family front or something like that, did your game slip? Uh, yeah, look, it never really happened like that. But if there was a change in the pregame, like if there was okay. for some reason that we were unable to warm up, I definitely felt that nerve about not feeling like I'm relaxed and prepared for the game. So, okay. yeah, if there's any kind of change, that they change the routine from normal or, you know, you know, some of the bigger mm. events, you know, the... You know, Christmas Day games, uh, sort of you those kind of that, things. Eh? Yeah, like it just, as long as the warm-up was right, I would have been fine. But if there's interruptions into it where you, the minute silence stuff, all those little bits and pieces that sometimes just take you away from your, your normal routine. So if a pesky reporter from Wind Television or Fox Sports <laughs> came over to your mid-warm-up and said, Matty, come and have an interview, you would have freaked out. I would have pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and I reckon he would have too. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, we've got to mention uh, Wollongong City Motors as well. Great yes. supporters of this club. And Fantastic. as you've said, Wollongong Golf Club. I've got a big question for the golf club. When I first started coming here last year, Matty, to broadcast this great show, I think there were two bush turkeys. Then it went to four, eight. I reckon we're up to about 400. Yeah, I reckon Like, is there some sort of um, conservation effort here to keep the bush turkeys breeding regime going? Because they're uh, they're multiplying. It it freaks me out. Well, I think I just saw the memo come out as a member of the Wollongong Golf Club for all cat owners to take the bells off the cats. (laughs) (laughs) That'll (laughs) fix the problem. That's the culling. (laughs) Well, there's a... a, Walking path through the golf course down to a dog section of the beach. Maybe we'd let the pit bulls <laughs> off the chain as well. Oh, It'll sort a few of them out. Okay, Cricket, um, you were saying how much you enjoyed the first Ashes test. Everyone enjoyed it who has an Australian sporting bone in their body because it was fantastic that at 7.21 local time on the final day with 27 balls remaining and Australia eight wickets down we had this take it away Maestro huge gap through the offside Robinson the Cummins steers it down to third man it's got plenty on it will it reach the rope they'll get at least a couple dive in it's four runs no it's knocked over the boundary rope Pat Cummins drops his batted helmet 
and wheels away in celebration. Australia, where they fell two runs short on this ground in 2005 due to a stunning unbeaten stand of 55 here this afternoon for the ninth wicket. Cummins and Lyon have led Australia to one of their greatest Ashes victories by two wickets. Oh, Queenslanders might disagree, but that's the big impact. Garage doors, big impact of the week. Uh, great to see that unfold in the early hours of the morning. So we'll go through it. Usman Kawaja, tremendous with the bat. Nathan Lyon took eight wickets. Pat Cummins, 38 and 44. The captain there for his bowling, but delivering with the willow as well. Who was your first test hero, Matty? What, what player earned the Campbell gong this week? Yeah, um, well, I think the way Lyon batted, I think, was really, from my point of view, the way he bowled and he batted, like, I think he, they, they showed up. And I think all the tailenders, to be honest, across both teams were outstanding at batting. Like, when you look at the, the quality that was out there, I mean, we, we had the top three batters in the world at the start of the test. And, you know, they failed to fire, all three of them, really, from their mm. standards point of view. I mean, Usman was unbelievable. But I, the way that Lyon bowled, but also the way that he batted, like, he actually had to put real runs on. Um, and yes. I actually, that was the thing for me that was the biggest. And I, I thought the, for the Pommies, the same deal. The way their tail end actually batted um, was quite impressive. And especially in some such a hostile environment um, where I think the pressure got to the, the better batsmen. Yeah, the Barmy Army going off, and, and uh, it was great to see them silenced with those winning runs, I might add. Um, all good theatre needs a villain, and Ollie Robertson played that role uh, beautifully with a send-off to Uzi Kawaja with 140 runs on the board by yep. Usman, I will add. Uh, 36-year-old Stuart Broad took three poles in each innings. He's another villain just waiting to, to go past Ollie Robinson, I reckon. And, of course, Jimmy Anderson still playing at 40 and playing well. I, I don't like admitting this, but I actually really like watching Jimmy Anderson. Me too. Uh, just such a... Uh, streamlined, efficient approach mm. to the wicket. No yeah. wonder he's able to do it at 40. But yeah. but I dip my lid to him because yeah. not many cricketers, not many sports people go to 40 and still deliver at the elite level. Yeah, not like that. No, unless like you're a the, the, US quarterback. Well, the pressure too on your body. Like Yeah, unless you're a US quarterback where you get protected and yeah. you're talking about a fast bowler who's running in there every day and having to bowl, you know, he's not bowling four or five overs. He's He's got to do it for a long extended period of time. So he was outstanding. I thought Stuart Braun was outstanding. I, I, I liked both yeah. of them. Um, and, and I was actually thinking about the Baz ball and I was thinking, oh, what? Wh- the concept of why they the concept of why they're doing it because they don't have the attack the youth in their attack to be able to sustain the defensive style of cricket that traditionally test cricket is i actually think it's a genius stroke from their point of view to put a bit of pressure on change the game get a bit of thinking out there to really sort of cover up the fact that they have a 36 year old and a 40 year old mm. as the primary attack in a test it's a geriatric bowling lineup so they adjust accordingly in, in, in reality it is i mean obviously they're world class we don't want to call them a geriatric well you do but <laughs> but, but from my point of view yeah they they have to do something a little different because that well, who's the next one coming through and ollie was fantastic i look you know the heat of the moment he and he spoke about it really well he apologized he spoke about it and we've seen glenn McGrath be one of the best bowlers we've had he's right he sprayed his own team yeah I, I happened to be at one of the games when the the australian a team was playing against the australian team in a, in a one day at the mcg where glenn mcgrath spraying 
absolutely, absolutely given it to another Australian. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, well, that's un-Australian. <laughs> now, like, I could understand a little bit, yeah, look, we got that many cameras, we got that many mics on these guys. I reckon you take it back 10 years, 15, 20 years, can you imagine what some of the stuff I, that would have I been said? I don't mind it at all. I know there's been outrage, but it fills talkback radio, it, it fills copy in newspapers, it's yeah. on the television screens, it's breeding interest, it's bringing eyeballs yeah, in. Every good theatre needs a villain. So, yeah. and, and you know what? At the end of the day, Osman Kawaja had the last laugh. He oh. won the test. He said to him in the second innings, that's why you're not a batsman. I don't know what Ollie said to spark that, but, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't mind it. And rather than having sterile robots going at it out there, yeah. let's have some characters and some atmosphere and some villains. And Ollie, keep going. As long as we're beating you, I don't care what you say. Well, we'll do. I agree, totally agree. And we talk like, look at us. We're talking about it. Like I, I put it on when the kids were, you know, mucking around at home. I went, oh, you know, I normally don't watch until these are like some sort of opportunity to see a, a result. Yeah, Man, I couldn't take my eyes off the damn thing. The test was the most exhilarating test cricket I've ever seen and I happened to sit up until 1.30 in the morning watching it um, and enthralled by A, yeah. the crowd, the Barmy Army were unbelievable but the way that the cricket game was played, the the fan you know, the fan the fan setup of the field, <laughs> well, I'm just looking at it going I've never seen this before but it worked, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. The reality of what the English team did to try and disrupt the best team in the world I thought it was outstanding and they were unlucky not to win Really? Yeah. The last, you know, the ninth wicket stand with Lyon and, you know, that's Cummins, yeah. Cummins and Lyon. They're the two heroes that we have to hang our hat on when we've got all that batting <laughs> line up before them. Like, uh, you know, the whole thing was outstanding. 280 on the, on the, the last, you know, the last innings is not unachievable these days. This is the way cricket's going. And I, I loved it. I have loved every little bit of that cricket game. I tried to give myself the rule, if it gets to midnight, I'm going to bed. And I found myself going, I'll just, I'll just watch one more over. Yeah. Just watch one more over. Just in case. And the next day as I'm driving to work, I'm oh, thinking, oh, come on, man. You've got to go to bed earlier. Yeah. And, but it's just, yeah, it's it's fantastic to have that option. I've just got to be more disciplined in terms of well, that Tuesday, sending myself to Tuesday bed. Tuesday night for me, I play golf at 7am. <laughs> I'm got to be, I'm sitting there at 1.30 going, come on, seriously, do something. Just give me an opportunity to go to bed. Well, after the final day, I found the adrenaline still pumping that got me through the next day, but it was it was hard earlier on, and it's going to be hard this week. The second test starts on Wednesday at Lords. Have you ever been there? No, I want to. You want to go there? Bucket though? list. I just want to go to the Ashes now. After seeing that game, I would. I'll... You're about to go to Las Vegas, and you want to go to the Ashes as well. Uh, you greedy yeah, bugger. No, I've been to Las Vegas before, though, so I want to do things that are different. We'll go to the Ashes and just phone into Las Vegas. Send me as your delegate. I'll uh, go to Vegas. Well, I'm just about to finish the roster. Maybe I can. <laughs> Have you got any news on that front? Have you, can you break any news no, yet or not? No, I can't oh, yet. We're about to go out. Gracious. 9.30, I believe, we're heading out. So in 15 minutes, listen to the show. You'll get the final okay. roster position for the Illawarra Hawks. Well, Mitch Stark, does he come back into a roster position for the Australian cricket team? We'll wait and see what changes, yes. if any, they make. You, yes, want, you want Stark totally in there? he's in, for sure. Who's he come in for? Oh, I think you have to drop Scotty Boland. Scotty Boland? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so bowling out, Mitch Stark in, according to Matt Campbell. Before we leave cricket, I just want to go back to a couple of uh, tests that are uh, welded onto my mind. 1982, Border and Thompson at the crease. They needed 74 runs. Pete, the perfect panel punches, nodding. He knows where I'm going with this. They got to within four. Uh, both of them bowled to Tomo, who edged it to Tavare. He dropped it. 
momentarily. We're going to win the test still. But Jeff Miller came around to complete the catch. And as a, a 12-year-old at the time, my heart was broken. I remember walking around the house thinking, this cannot happen. I would rather have been beaten by 74 than to go overnight and into the next day, get so close, than have that theatre unfold. So, in a way, when we won the other night, I thought, there's a little bit back mm. for 82. And also... 2005, also yes. at Edgebaston. Mm. Brett Lee, Kaspervitz out there. We're going to win again. We're only three runs short. Yeah. The Aussies are going to win this test. Harmison bowls to Kasper. Keeper Garrett Jones takes the catch because the ball feathered the glove of Kasper. Did it touch his glove? I'm still not convinced. I want to go to the third yeah, umpire. Yeah. Nowadays, in retrospect. Now te- yeah, can they redo the technology anyway, and go back on it? And again, Australia lost right at the death despite bravery. So, there's a something this week just to make me feel a little bit better after those two. Were you around in 82? You were born? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 76. Yeah, I was around. I don't remember it, but I've seen the footage. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, like, like you talked about, it's like the, the last little last little bit. You like to see it. I watched the US Open golf uh, the other day. And the fact that you can get all the way through the 72, you know, how many holes it is, 72 holes, mm. and still have... All the best players in the world, thereabouts, roundabouts, within three shots of each other. Yeah, it's crazy that we're, we're they're getting it right. That's what it looks like to me. The sport itself at the moment is getting it right. We don't have the Tiger Woods, eighteen shots in front. Um, we have an ability to be able to be right at the death of of all these tournaments that are the massive sporting moments, and they're really close. I, I'm enjoying. Pete. Pete, the perfect panel puncher, is with us, as he is every weekend. He's the only constant on this great show. Pete, you lead tour groups around the SCG. What's the most agonising test defeat that you can remember for an Australian team? doesn't have to be the Ashes, but is it, is it 82? Where does that test rank in your mind of horror? It ranks right up there, Matt, but also was the uh, test against the Windies in Adelaide. Oh, yes. Uh, I think it was Alan Border and Craig McDermott yes. batting. And I think McDermott, we, on the replays, we saw it raised his forearm, not his glove. Mm. And that was that was heartbreaking. Can you remember who was bowling for the Windies? One, Kirtley Courtney. One of them, I probably... I, I don't. Yeah. But I'm sure a listener might would remember, but it was that, was... that was really tough. The Border... Thompson was great because we'd also we we we'd almost given up on that the night before. The yeah. fact that they came back the next day and the gates were open, supposedly there was ten thousand there when the game finally finished. But the Adelaide one with that 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 one really hurt because at that point the Windies were almost unbeatable. Absolutely, and we just about did it. Yeah. I can remember it vividly. Yeah. Rightio, the second test starts this week from Lords. Stay up late, Australia, and watch Australia go 2-0 up, hopefully. On the AFL front, a couple of wins so far. Geelong over Melbourne. Brisbane beating St Kilda last night. Today, the Swans travel west. or No, actually, the Swans are at the SCG this afternoon against the Eagles, 15th against 18th. If the Swans can't win that, there's something wrong with them. And tonight, Frio against Essendon. And... Super Netball Finals. They're underway tonight. Kudos Bank Arena. Big crowd expected for this one. Swifts, Thunderbirds. Can New South Wales uh, keep the Thunderbirds at bay tomorrow? The Fever, the defending champs, up against the Melbourne Vixens. That's a replay of last year's or a rematch of last year's grand final. Elimination tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. Fever, Vixens. But tonight, get out to Kudos Bank Arena if you can. The New South Wales Swifts against the Adelaide Thunderbirds. We break, then we're back to talk with Jordan Warren, all things football. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. 
You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Ah, let's go to the newsroom with the Illawarra Mercury's Jordan Warren. Jordan, good morning to you. Matt Campbell has been up late all week watching cricket, watching US Open golf. I said to him, what do you want to ask Jordan about when it comes to world football? And he said, I've watched too many other sports to know. So over to you, Jordan, what are the big issues, the big global stories when it comes to the round ball game? Yeah, morning, boys. Yeah, that's typical uh, Matty Campbell there, I reckon. But uh, no, there's been plenty going on in the Mercury this week. In terms of global football, it's a little bit quiet. Obviously, we're in the off-season now. But uh, there was big news making yesterday on the domestic front. Uh, Shell Harbour's Joel King uh, returning back to Sydney FC on a three-year deal. Of course, he was at Sydney FC. That's where he made a big name for himself. Uh, and, of course, got that World Cup spot uh, with Graham Arnold uh, last year. But uh, he was on loan at the club last year. He was playing in, Den- in Denmark but couldn't get any minutes. So he came back to Sydney FC last year and and uh, had a bit of a goal, but now he's back on a three-year deal looking to get some minutes uh, to boost his Socceroos chances for the Asian Cup early next year. And, of course, he's only 22. He's still a young fella, so it, it shows that he wants to get minutes, and he's only a young player, and he needs to get those minutes to be able to continually make those Socceroos squads. Of course, he was in the most recent team uh, for that Argentina friendly a couple of weeks ago, but he does need to, content- to continue getting those minutes to be able to continually be getting selected for, for the Socceroos team for years to come. You're right, the global uh, scene is a little quieter with the major competitions finishing. We're about to head into the Women's FIFA World Cup. The Matilda's about to overtake the sporting landscape, you'd imagine. Uh, My email box is testament to that. I'm seeing more and more emails regarding this tournament, regarding tournament songs, team selection, send-offs games. How excited are you? It's not far away now, is it? Yeah, no, very excited, Maddie. It's just under a month away now, which is pretty surreal when you think about it. It's really not that far away. But, yeah, the Matildas have got a, a send-off match in Melbourne uh, on July 14th, obviously, next month, and that's about six days out from their opener against Ireland. And already 40,000 tickets have been sold for that game, so that's a that's a record for a, for a send-off game in the Women's World Cup history. So expect more records to be broken uh, when the Women's World Cup kicks off, obviously, over... Uh, 1.2, I think, million tickets have already been sold for the World Cup and and it's on track to be the most attended World Cup in history. So there's plenty of exciting stuff happening. And, and of course, we've got our own uh, Caitlin Ford from Shell Harbour playing and we can kind of claim Mary Fowler. She used to play for the Illawarra Stingrays. Of course, she's actually from Queensland, but she uh, did play a season at the Stingrays, so we'll try and claim her as well. So, listeners, Ford and Fowler will claim both of them. Watch them go for the Matildas when the FIFA Women's World Cup starts. Uh, Not long to wait now, next month. Now, Jordan, Illawarra Premier League, it continues uh, in full force. What's on this weekend? Yeah, plenty going on today and tomorrow, Matty. We've got uh, Wollongong Olympic against Bulleye today. That's a, a massive game in the sense that both teams uh, want to be there in, in at finals time, but they have a, have had a bit of a rough time of it of late. The Olympic haven't won in, in two games and Bulleye haven't won in four. and uh, So both teams need the win at PCYC at North Wollongong today. And, of course, we've got Coniston against Balambi, uh, Coromel against Wollongong United. Of course, Coromel caused a massive upset in the first half of the season, beating Wollongong United 4-3. So that's a, a massive contest for Wollongong United, who are looking to, to keep uh, pace with Albion Park White Eagles at the top of the ladder. And then later tonight, we've got South Coast United against Helensburg. And then rolling into Sunday, we've got Port Kembla against the leaders. I just mentioned Albion Park. And then 
Gringilla against Tarawana. So there's plenty happening in the Illawarra Premier League. We're approaching the... We've been well over the halfway point now. We're into round 15, I believe it is, starting today. So And there's 22 games in the whole season. So we're getting to the pointy end. Uh, Albion Park White Eagles are leading by, by eight points at the moment. And then you've got... Uh, you've got Cringilla who are doing quite well. They've still only lost the one game, and that was against Albion Park. And then you've got United, Olympic, and Port Kembla causing a few upsets there. So there's plenty going on in the Premier League, and uh, if you can, get out and support a couple of the local teams. When it comes to star players, as we head into the back half of the season, are there any that you can nominate? doesn't have to just be the strikers, the, uh, the men who hog all the headlines normally. Start with the Albion Park White Eagles and work your way through a few of the top teams. Who are some names who've impressed you so far, Jordan? Oh, there's been a few. Like, obviously, Akron Gilla, who was second, Peter Simonoski scored 19 goals. And, I, you know, you said they mentioned the strikers, but he has had a, a sensational <laughs> season. But at Albion Park, I've been, <laughs> I've been really impressed with, with Tori Muzumechi at Albion Park. He, he came from Wollongong Olympic last year. He's had a Wolves background. Um, and he's really started Albion Park, and he's been a crucial part of that side that, that's done so well so far. And, and I think that he probably hasn't got the plaudits that he that he deserves. Obviously, they've got a Japanese striker there that scored a number of goals, and, and Cameron Morgan's been there for, for a number of years strutting his stuff. So for Tori to come in there and be such a crucial part of the team has been been phenomenal. For, uh, for Cringilla, I mentioned Peter, but for Wollongong United, they've got a number of youngsters. Of course, in years gone by, you'd see a number of stars playing for Wollongong United. The, the Alvin Checkleys of the world have had stints at Wollongong United, but this year they've, they've employed a youth policy, and to be fair, they did have it last year, but they had a number of older players then too, but they've got a very youthful side that have come through the youth grade ranks and, and second grade and now into first grade, and they're still they're a bit inconsistent. That's probably their main issue, but, but you, you're going to get that with the young side you feel in any sport in the world, so they're doing quite well. There's uh, Bailey Barbaroski's one in particular. He's playing left back at the moment. That's been, been absolutely spectacular, and and then there's a few others as well. As well, Rennie Vessio has been there for a few years, a defender, and he, he took the captain's arm there a couple of weeks ago, and he's come through uh, the second grade into the first grade system. So it, it's a testament to the club that they've done so well. For Olympic, there's a, there's a number of stars. Um, they've got an absolutely stacked lineup. Rick Goodchild up front's been an IPL stalwart. You've got Chris Price, who used to be a Wolves captain. Justin Passfield's trying to retire, but I noticed he played midweek in the Bampton Cup, so, <laughs> so he's not giving it up. Of course, Justin used to play in the A League, so yeah, there's a number of stars in every in every IPL team, and uh, uh, but there's also teams that are, that are like I said with United that are putting that uh, youthful uh, message out there and playing the playing the kids, and it, it's paying dividends for them. So yeah, it's, there's a number of stars, but also a number of future stars in the league at the moment. Jordan, if you've wondered why Matt Campbell hasn't asked you a question during this interview, it's because he's just polished off a bacon and egg roll. He spent the first hour <laughs> dealing with US sports agents trying to uh, lock away this final player, and uh, now he's been on the on the food. So if you'd like to ask Matt a question, Jordan, maybe you can come up with a basketball question towards Matt Campbell to keep this interview going. <laughs> oh, Matty, I heard Jeno say it before, but are the Hawks going Hawks to make the playoffs next year? <laughs> uh, mate, we're on this year, yeah. So actually, all seriousness, we are. I'm really excited about the roster this year. We we are minutes away from finalising the last position, the last American. You said nine thirty. So, it's nine thirty and thirty seconds. Yeah, well, I've got to get the okay oh. from, the, from the media guy to be able to go out with it. But um, so, we've yeah, got viewers excited, around so. the listeners around the world hanging oh, on no, your I announcement. Know. But uh, yeah, no, all seriousness, it's going to be a great year. Like on the back of uh, Rayan Rupert getting uh, drafted. Yep. Um, and then us having AJ Johnson as a next star, plus Alexander Saar, 
into the NBL this year. It's going to be an outstanding NBL year. But, I mean, I, I was listening in, although I was eating my <laughs> burger. <laughs> uh, I am really looking forward to the World Cup, um, you know, from the Matildas' point of view. So it's, um, you know, they've been outstanding. They're a real stalwart as far as keeping, you know, that part of uh, football alive and uh, really excited to see what they can do. Your um, girls are talented basketballers, but you've told me in the past they love watching the yep. football. They love watching the Matildas. Both played. Yeah. Both, yeah, both played locally and, uh, and and really enjoyed it for for uni and um, yeah, so it's a it's a good sport like to get involved with. Great for fitness um, at all levels, and I'm an advocate for everybody playing multiple sports. So it's uh, pretty exciting from that point of view. So well, I know that Jordan couldn't join us uh, midweek, unfortunately, Jordan. But I trust that the Jamboree Pub is still standing. Big Origin night on Wednesday. It's a it's a football treasure trove in terms of soccer. I know it's a, a it's a museum if you want to get down there. But how was Wednesday night at the Jamboree Pub as as Origin unfolded? Yeah, the, like you mentioned, Maddie, I couldn't make Wednesday night, unfortunately. The flu's got the better of me. I'm just getting over it now. I, I think I'm just getting over the hump, so that's a good thing. But, yeah, no, Origin's always a big night in, in every place and every establishment, so it was it was no different at the Jamboree Pub. And we've got a busy weekend in in, uh, in store. We've got 90 people booked in tonight for the Jamboree Soccer Club Trivia Night, so it should be a big one. Oh, no, are there any tickets go. still available? If someone's listening to this, can they can they get involved, or is it house full, doors closed? It's pretty close to full, but I wouldn't say it's a, it's a very uh, heavily police ticketing system. I'm sure if you just turn up at the door, I think, yeah, I think, uh, we'll, uh, I think, I think we'll serve you and take you in. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. That's great. I love the word not heavily policed or words not heavily policed. You're talking about Jamboree. That's have, the only reason he wasn't here Wednesday night. We have, because the Ubers don't go back out to Jamboree We have time too much policing, too many rules and regulations. Jordan, great to chat as always. Have a great night at the Jamboree pub tonight. We'll read your work in the Laura Mercury and as always thanks again for bringing us up to date with all things football yeah good on you boys thank you time for the news then we're back with Toby Dawson to talk rugby union there's a new player in town Wollongong City GWM Havel visit them for a test drive today you're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track Saturday's in the gong, half an hour to go, and I'm delighted to say we're joined by a great Illawarra resident, Toby Dawson, who loves his rugby union, knows rugby union inside out, and is also heavily involved with healthy, healthier Illawarra men. Toby, good morning to you. Good morning, Matty. Tobes. So we've got another function coming up shortly, do we? Not too far away? Not too far away at all, uh, to tie in with International Men's Day on the 19th of November. Beautiful. Healthier Illawarra men will be having a fundraising lunch on the 17th, which is a Friday. So really excited. Huge volunteer committee putting mm. a lot of hours into making it another amazing event. Last year, you might recall, we had Alexander the Great Volkanovsky was great. come along and just have a very candid chat with us. Mm. So got a few exciting things in store for this year. Can you release your special guest yet, or is that still under wraps? Well... <laughs> oh, the pressure. It, 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 the might pressure. Be, it might be someone 
who has survived a horrible attack and gone on to achieve great things. But we'll oh, we'll lock I'll that away. My, I'll put my hand up to come in and listen to g'day, that one. G'day, Brett Cannellan. Uh, <laughs> I didn't we'll, say a we'll see what We'll see what happens. <laughs> Yet to be locked away. I but thought he, you were talking about the special guest being the MC, Matty. Oh, I don't know who the MC is going to be. <laughs> Matt Campbell might do the job. Oh, I'll be there somewhere. We'll, we'll, it was a great lunch last year. It will be again. Serves a great purpose. And uh, keep your eyes open for it. Healthy Illawarra men. What's the date? 17th, Friday the 17th of November. Okay, so nice. it's a while away. You can do plenty of planning around that. Uh, I know you like your basketball too. So we'll go to Il Presidente, Matt Campbell, Hawks administrator. Can you finally reveal who you've actually signed? Yeah, so it's uh, apparently out there in the World Wide Web at the moment. So uh, <laughs> the Illawarra Hawks have announced uh, Gary Clark as our latest import coming okay. in. So Gary Clark out of Cincinnati, he went to school, he's been on five NBA teams teams over the last little stint from his point of view so an outstanding player we're very very lucky he's one of the unicorn uh guys from my point of view so in the uh what's a the, unicorn guy well we call he's it got a uni- horn on his head yeah we call it the unicorn so when we when we try to establish the exact player that we want we have a list a fine list of about five guys that at any stage any of those five guys said that they want to come we just jump on no matter what um and gary clark is one of those guys so uh, um, was the actual number one choice for us for the last two months. So we've been working very hard with his agent to try and get him uh, to come across. Um, and he's decided he wants to, to play in Australia be, as his first international stint before he will embark on a great career somewhere else because we won't be able to afford to keep him because he's an outstanding talent. Um, we're actually hopeful that he can go back into the NBA on the back of the stint next year. If not, he'll go into the European system and get paid a lot of money because he's a really high-quality talent. Um, got a fire in his belly, wants to compete, um, and uh, hopefully that helps us be a competitive team next year. So that completes your roster, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got one last signing to sign, a local player. Um, that will be a, another massive signing. Um, we have actually got the signature. We're just waiting on the approval to announce from from these camp. And another guy who's got NBA qualities. So we are pretty excited with the roster. And the Sydney Kings have announced the signing of top Australian prospect Alex Tui. This is thanks to Julian O'Brien. Great fan of the show. Thank you, Jules. Uh, Working very closely with the Sydney Kings for a few years now. And uh, he has decommitted, there's a word, decommitted Mm. from Gonzaga and will instead sign with the Sydney Kings as part of the Australian NBL Next Stars program. Alex Tui, is Mm. he a good get for the Kings, Matty? Yeah, very good get. Yeah, outstanding local talent. Um, ACT boy, Um, you know, we've kept our eye on him. He's going to be a good player. We thought he was committed to that Gonzaga, which is a very, very good basketball school in the US. Um, but uh, obviously the Kings have snagged him out of that and put him into the Next Star program. Um, you know, that's an outstanding get from their end. And uh, yeah, hopefully he continues that pathway opportunity out of the Next Star program into the NBA. And uh, pretty exciting year. Toby Dawson, fresh from junior netball. How did Sage go this morning, your uh, companion you brought in here? Mate, it was an absolute nail-biter at Fred Finch Park. <laughs> the uh, under-10 West Firecrackers took on uh, the Shell Harbour Powerpuffs. Uh, <laughs> firecrackers coming in victorious 5-3 in a real, you know, grandstand finish. The uh, Firecrackers against the Powder Puffs. I like that. The Firecrackers have gone off and they've won it 5-3. Let's go to rugby. Uh, the final of Super Rugby. Pacific tonight, Chiefs Crusaders. I don't think anyone's going to be too surprised, are they, Toby, that two New Zealand clubs are head-to-head after the Brumbies led the Australian charge and fell short last weekend. So you're not surprised by that? No, I think 
the Brumbies are always our, you know, best performing side. They seem to be going the deepest in the final series each year. And I probably think the sad thing for New South Wales rugby is that the Brumbies were built off the uh, rejects of New South Wales rugby, the likes of George <laughs> Gregan, Steve right. Larkin. The trend continues. Um, yeah. But they've just got something in the water down there in Canberra. So hats off to the Brumbies guys. But no, you're right. New Zealand rugby is just a step ahead of us at the moment. So to have two uh, New Zealand sides playing in the final, um, not a surprise at all. So so do you think that the Brumbies being so dominant in, in our local um, landscape in rugby union that way, do you think it's something to do with the climate? Because they've got to go over and play over there in New Zealand and Canberra's climate is so close to what the New Zealand temperatures are. Do you reckon that helps them? Yeah, I think there probably is something around that whole adversity. You know, they're not they're not sipping lattes in Coogee. They're, uh, <laughs> they're training in the frost. Who would you be referring yeah. to? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Waratahs. Oh, David, that's or, good. Or the Fact. Queenslanders. Oh, right? yeah, that's no, true. Exactly. Cocktails in yes. uh, Palm Beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they just suck on schooners in Canberra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that, that moulds them into the rugby players. Um, the rugby championship follows pretty quickly. Australia starts in South Africa, I think. And I heard Sean Malone who does a great job commentating on stand saying that the South Africans are actually going to keep their first string team to play at home and send young up-and-comers to play uh, the overseas game. So the Australians will run into a, a, a top, tough uh, South African lineup when they play that first game away. I think most Australians will look at the rugby championship followed by that Bledisloe and think, are we any chance? Are we any chance of taking down the All Blacks? Yeah, look, it's a it's a World Cup year, right? So we're going to see a lot of games being played in the late, in the lead up to because really the eyes are on the prize in France later in the year. So yep. the Rugby Championship, the Bledisloe Cup, is a different kettle of fish. But the Rugby Championships really your warm up, your test to play that top level game of rugby against other top level nations. Um, so to hear South Africa doing that isn't a great surprise. I think it's also a great opportunity for them to bleed some depth. Um, but Australia have got the wonderful Eddie Jones. So if you give me a little fun fact, when yep. Eddie Jones was released from his coaching contract in England, there was no non-compete clause. So if the cards fall the way we all want them to, Australia will play England in the quarterfinals and Eddie will be being paid for coaching responsibilities by both teams playing in that quarterfinal. Oh, how good. If he's not the smartest man in world rugby... <laughs> Toby, that's great. Does he get a bonus both ways? <laughs> <laughs> so he'll be coaching Australia and being paid by England oh. as well as Australia, obviously. Yes. There's a story for you. There's a cracker. So he's an absolute genius. And, you know, you've seen him do some amazing things when he was um, assistant coach with South Africa when they won, when he took... Uh, England the whole way through. Like he really understands the game. He understands how to motivate players and guess the get the best out of them. And I think he is acutely aware that Australia can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. Yeah. Can, so can he catch coach the Blues? Can, yeah, we, can yeah. we get him in State of Origin well, well, League? It is, uh, it is interesting that he has been mentioned as a possible rugby league coach at some stage. I know Matty Johns, uh, SEN's own Matty Johns, says you know Eddie Jones could coach rugby league at NRL or representative level. What about you, Toby? Do you think he'd, he'd handle that on his ear? Well, I think the way he trains is he... You look at his uh, supporting of staff. He's got specialists in each of the different domains you need to have a really good football team. So his role's really around that motivational leadership, getting the best out of each individual performer, whether that's his staff or whether that's his player content cohort. So I think he really could, in that situation, mm. probably play. Got an ability to morph. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, you look, Michael Chica coached Lebanon. That's right. And got some amazing results out of the Lebanese team uh, in yeah. the Rugby League World Cup. 
So yeah, it's, it's interesting, gone the other way it? around. You know, so with the mind games you're talking about, is it is it is it wrapped around because it's such a brutal sport? Like it's a continuational sport where you don't get the rest that you do in rugby league. Um, and is it so so brutal when you're in talking about a World Cup year? Do you have it? Like, do they have to start thinking about low management? Do they have to try and protect some of the stars of the game to make sure that they get there? I'll jump in there, Maddie. They do. And that's what I thought was a real fast. During Super Rugby, they were rotating players in, uh, load managing, and costing the Australian team's games, essentially, in Super Rugby, with a view to the World Cup and games down the track. Right. I, I hate I hate that with a passion. Mm. I, I'm, I'm old school. I think you, you pay tickets, you go to a game to see the best players perform. If they've got a niggle or something that's, that's really significant, okay, we'll give them a game off. But mm. don't don't rest now on the off chance you might get a problem down the track, Toby. I hated that element of it. Yeah, and this, this is probably the, you know, the blessing and curse of Australian rugby. You know, really, the, the big game for rugby is the international stage. So there's yeah. no better opportunity mm. to flex your muscle than in a World Cup and a World Cup year, which we're in. Unfortunately, you know, the most accessible format of the game is the Super Rugby. So we're eroding the ability and the quality of the game in the most accessible format and it's been you know great to see it brought to more viewers eyes over recent years because the initial sort of 15 20 years of uh, professional rugby it was a little bit removed but we're seeing it presented more but at the same time we've got uh, teams not performing and I guess the entire Australian rugby uh, landscape is hurting a little bit at the moment. But it's changing, isn't it? With Eddie Jones coming in and Phil War taking over as, as CEO, we're going to dip into that after an ad break. We're going to clear a break and come back. I want to talk to you about the changing landscape at the top of Australian rugby, but also we're going to go to the bottom of the pyramid. We're going to look at Illawarra Rugby Union and how things might be able to be done a little bit better right through the different layers of this pyramid. You're listening to SEN Saturdays in the Gong. Back in a moment. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. We're talking Illawarra rugby, in fact, all things rugby, with Toby Dawson, Matt Russell, alongside Matt Campbell. Men, let's jump to Illawarra rugby. Today, all games at 3 o'clock, Tektar's Kiama at Saunders Oval. Avondale Barrel at Avondale. Shamrock's Uni at Wanuna. Match of the round. Campbelltown against Shoalhaven. That's fourth against first up in Campbelltown. But here's the thing, Toby. Shoalhaven played eight, won eight. Points bonus, eight Differential, listen to this, plus 399. Shoalhaven untouchable. I still can't believe Vikings aren't there. When Vikings aren't there, that suggests to me that there's a problem at the local front. Yeah, mate. It uh, hurts as a very much true blue Viking uh, <laughs> yeah. supporter. My mm. granddad was a life member. Dad was a life member. I've been in the sheds probably when I was still in a pram, I reckon. <laughs> it does hurt a lot, but... We had a horrendous year last year, you know, pulled out of second grade. We forfeited a few first grades. So this year was also always going to be about rebuilding. So we dropped back into second grade. We haven't forfeited a game. We've actually won three games, including last night on the road against Camden. Beautiful. So we're not a little light for Vikings then. Yeah, there is a bit of light. The, the new committee came in. They said, let's just rebuild this year. 
Okay. By the, by the middle to back end of the year, we'll have enough numbers to have two teams, but we'll stay committed to one so that next year we've got two teams back on the field. And what they've planned is in train. Um, we're competitive in the second grade comp. Um, I think last night's win will put us up well into the middle. So it's quite a positive sign. But I think the concern, you know, talking to a few friends from different clubs, Vikings, the oldest and most successful in the district by measurement of club championships. Um, if we're struggling, is that the Canary in the coal mine for Illawarra Rugby? Yes, right, because the Canary, first to spot uh, a trouble, mm. problem, and fall off the perch. That's what, the way the mines used to operate, so it's a nice analogy. Toby, when you um, look at the money that the game is paying Joseph Swali'i, and you think, wow, what comes first, chicken or the egg? Uh, you know, they will think that by having Swali'i, we get more eyes on the game, more money into the game, more profile. You've got to start the upward spiral. However, some at the grassroots would say, imagine if you split what he's 1.6 million and gave 400,000 to four key areas. Wow, what, what you could do with 400K, right? Yeah, definitely. And this is, I think, been the disconnect that's evolved over time since rugby went professional in 1995. Mm. So we used to have really strong local comps that would then feed into rep sides, that would then feed into country rugby. New South Wales and the Wallaby or the Australian side would then be selected from the country rugby. So there was a really good, clear line. When Super Rugby came in, that's what it's all about. Let's look and pick our teams from Super Rugby. Um, and that connection back and the importance, I guess, of the grassroots competitions has slowly been eroded. If you took that 1.6... You split it four ways, gave 400 to the Illawarra, 400 to Hunter, 400 to Central West and 400 to the Riverina. You put a general manager in there for 100 grand a year, give him 300 grand per annum operating expenses. What that would do to grassroots rugby in the local environment would just bring us back to where we needed to be. But at the moment, you've got districts that are run by volunteer committees mm. who are doing it in addition to day jobs. You've got clubs being run by volunteer committees in addition to... There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Indeed you are. Apologies for the little technical glitch just before the ad break that rudely cut Toby Dawson off. But Toby, you were making a very good point. We'll get you back in coming weeks to talk about the rugby championship following the Wallabies, of course, and also looking at Illawarra rugby. Matty Campbell, big news this morning for the Hawkeys. Repeat that name for us. Gary Clark. He's coming to the gong. He's coming to the sandpit. Don't forget your local league today, De La Salle against Dapto. Captain Cook Oval up in the Shire. West's Coromel, Parish Park, the Rules Collies, Gibson Park, and a couple of big games in Group 7. Today, Jamboree v Shell Harbour, Kevin Walsh Oval. Tomorrow, Kiama against Jeringong at Kiama Showground. It's the Jeringong Lions on top of the competition and hoping to continue that way. Great to have your company this morning. Next Saturday, we're back to do it all again. Saturday's in the gong. <laughs>